Welcome to Imagine If, the alternate history podcast. I'm your host, Brody Burton. Welcome back to Imagine If. First off, I want to start by apologizing for not releasing episodes the last two weeks. I've been busy with schoolwork, and that, as some may know, I am 18 in American high school, so I've been busy for the last two weeks with midterm exams. Hopefully this sort of situation never has to happen again. So, since I have not had time to write a full episode for last week, which I intend to release today, I have prepared something that I hope will be interesting for anyone listening, and I'd like you to take this episode into special consideration because I'm considering very soon hosting a writing contest on Imagine If. I've not worked out all the details yet. There's still a few more things I want to do before I can, before I put that up, but a few more things I want to figure out, but it's a very, very strong possibility that it will happen. So, as may, maybe you guessed, today's episode is entitled How to Write Alternate History, or in other terms, How to Not Write Bad Alternate History. So the first thing is that when you're dealing, and this is how, kind of how I try to write my episodes here on Imagine If, and I and this is meant to be a good framework or a good guide for you to write whatever alternate history you may want to write. So the first thing is, geopolitics is geometry. That may sound confusing, but here's what I mean by that. If a certain item happens, then what must happen? For example, uh, taking the case of the American Revolution. If America becomes independent, then America must form a government. This is logical, this is true, This I don't think anyone could reasonably argue this. If a country becomes independent, they must form a government. There's other situations like that too, such as if a group leaves another country, they, then they must either do so peacefully or not peacefully. It's not really the best example, come to think of it, think of it as like this. If a country desires independence and cannot get it peacefully, they will get it militarily. That would mean there would be a conflict and there would be a war of some sort. Whether or not the rebel faction would win is up for your own decision. The second thing... is who, what, when, where, why, and how. You kind of need all of these. Like, if I were just to say, on an alternate history centered around the American Revolution, I couldn't just say, America became an independent country. I have to say who guided it. George Washington, the Founding Fathers, and then on the British side, King George III, various Prime Ministers, various Generals throughout the Americas, and etc, etc. What? The American colonists had begun rebelling after high taxes. When? 
the 1760s and 1770s primarily. The revolution ended in the 1780s. And the first president kind of stabilizing the whole thing out came in the very, very late 1780s. Where the war, the American Revolution was primarily fought in North America. Why? I think I kind of stated that earlier. High taxation. And how? The rebels were largely able to produce their own supplies from what was at home. However, British troops had to import theirs because the place where they were currently staying was in rebellion. Now, of course, you can add any degree of detail into that or add very minimal detail. However, each of those elements needs to be present. History's bias. Everyone leans one way or the other. You can lean, take an example of American politics. Don't cancel me, please. Someone can lean Republican or they can lean Democrat. Someone can lean big government or they can lean small government. Lean small government. Or someone could lean globalist or someone can lead isolationist. There's all sorts of different ways someone can lean. History, however, does not have a bias. Well, I take that back. It does bias some groups over others. However, it's not an extreme bias. I guess you could say, at least in the case of, just to do a case study here, sticking with what I know, North America, you could say history has been biased to favor white people, particularly white men. However, this isn't completely true, as we've had uh, people such as Barack Obama, a black man get elected president. I don't know how many higher offices you can get elected to than that. And we've had several other influential female figures, several influential Latin, uh, Latino figures, and several other significant Asian figures, and several figures who have been a mix of those. The fourth thing I want to say is avoid cliches. Alternate history may not be a very big genre, but there are definitely cliches. Here are a few of them. Uh, the first one is balkanization. That may seem like an odd term. If you can, if you're not driving, pull up a picture of the Balkan Peninsula. It's a region of Europe which has been very politically unstable and has progressively been dividing into smaller and smaller and smaller countries. In the 1950s, most of it fell under one country, Yugoslavia. However, now several other countries have formed from the region, such as Bosnia and Herzegovina, Serbia, um, Croatia, Kosovo, Montenegro, North Macedonia, and Slovenia. And it's entirely possible it could divide up further. This is a very, very unlikely scenario to happen in any case. It always could happen, of course, when you have an ethnically diverse region. But there's other very ethnically diverse regions which have not split up into a million pieces. An example, New York City. That's a very strong Latino population, very strong black population, very strong white population, very strong Asian population. However, they're all still in one city. And... 
on a national level, you could say the U.S. is very similar to that. You could say many Latin American countries, which have both European heritage and Native heritage, could be similar to that. Another cliche is unification. Uh, an example of this would be um, the formation of a modern-day Roman Empire, or entirely different example, the United States. If let me letting me explain a little more. If you were to take fifty diverse regions ranging from an archipelago in the Pacific Islands to forested a forested region along the east coast just south of Quebec or New Brunswick, it's very, very unlikely they're gonna all become one country overnight. And other places such as the USSR could be like that they they conquered most of their regions and there's a very strong ethnic Russian population in all of the um, Soviet republics so that's not really the best example but you can't just put a bunch of very different people in the same country overnight and not and have the country survive very long it simply does not happen an example of that could be the Balkans, actually. When it was all under Yugoslavia, after poor planning after the World Wars, it kind of all fell apart. And that's why we have such a messy map of Eastern Europe today. And additionally, there's the idea of there being endless war or endless peace or everything being solved by conflict or everything by diplomacy. Not every problem has to lead to a war. This is very, very true. Like, for for example, um, on COVID-19, the way the United States handles COVID-19 and the way Australia handles COVID-19 could be very, very, very different. But the U.S. isn't going to go to war with Australia over it. Of course, this is probably, hopefully, a given. I would rather not be at war with Australia. Additionally, not every problem can be solved by diplomacy. Sometimes long-time allies do go to war with each other. Um, an example of this. Before the 80s, a long, or even before the Carter administration, one of America's long-time allies was Iran. They had political instability there in the 70s as a result of <clears throat> the Carter administration. And that resulted in the Shah of Iran being overthrown and the present-day state that stands there, the Islamic Republic of Iran, taking root. And they have been a major sore in the back of the United States, and they do often cause military conflict. Or another example, Iraq. Same deal, former ally, and yet the Iraq war still happened. Or World War II, this is an even better example. Italy had fought with the United States, with the United Kingdom, and with France, and with Russia in World War One, but in World War II, fought against all those same countries and fought with Nazi Germany and um, Imperial Japan. And, yeah.
Additionally, our history in my studies seems to, it kind of all pivots around certain events or certain places or certain people. This means that some parts of history are more important than others. For example, the Middle East is probably the biggest example of this. I don't think there's a single world event that you couldn't trace to the Middle East. The formation of three major world religions, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, can be traded back to the Middle East. The formation of writing, farming, and other major things can be traced to the Middle East. And to get another example, a more modern example, the war on terror can be traced to the Middle East. Um, the ener our energy supplies, oil, can be traced to the Middle East. Um, most diplomatic problems can probably be traced in the Middle East. Even a scandal involving Nicaraguan rebellion, rebellion groups was traced to Iran in the Iran-Contra scandal under the Reagan administration. Other things are very similar to this as well, like World War One was a major pivot point. It was where most of the map of modern-day Europe was drawn up. It set the stage for World War II. It saw the deployment of aircraft and and um, tanks for the first time, allowing that technology to develop. So a lot and a lot of authors and such could be traced to that war, to that conflict, to World War One. Now there are other. Examples I cannot think of at the present time that most certainly embody this principle as well. And our, my seventh and final point I would like to make is, if in doubt, it never happened. If you doubt the plausibility of a certain event happening, if you doubt whether or not it could have occurred, it likely never could have occurred. For example... Let's say, hmm, let's say in the 2000 election, Al Gore was able to get the recount he wanted and was able to win Florida and became the next president, not George Bush. Um, 9-11 still likely would have happened. That's very plausible. It would have still happened. However, events way, way, way down the road, such as the Affordable Care Act, likely wouldn't have come into existence because the people pushing that, such as President Obama, well, if Al Gore is president, let's play this out. Let's, let's say Al Gore serves one, maybe two terms. I'll be generous and I'll give him two terms. It's very, very rare for a party to hold on to the White House after a single presidency, after a two-term presidency. And at this point, remember that Bill Clinton had been president for eight years prior to now Al Gore's eight years. It's going to be very hard for a Democrat to hold on to the office still, meaning uh, Illinois, a certain Illinois senator, Barack Obama, might not win election. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that Arizona Senator John McCain wins election either. It's a there's a strong chance that other Republicans, such as for example, Massachusetts Governor Mitt Romney, could have easily won the nomination and the presidency. Or 
other Republicans. I'm not all too familiar with the 2008 election other than that is probably the biggest nightmare for the Republican Party. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, if and hopefully when I get the details for a potential writing contest to come out, I will share them here. I will share them maybe on our website if I can manage to keep up with that. And so start writing and the exact formatting for writing alternate history doesn't really matter. I've seen everything from a book to a script to what I'm doing now over audio. Anything, you can do it over any platform. But start writing because hopefully if you follow these steps, it won't be a bad alternate history. One last thing I want to say. Either do one of the following two things when you're writing alternate history. One, either stick with what you know. Meaning, if all you know about is the American Revolution, don't try and write about feudal Japan. Or, do tons of research. I've done topics here on the show that I was not familiar with beforehand. Ranging from a wide, wide, wide host of topics. However... If I had to pick one that was particularly unfamiliar to me, it would probably be um, the World War One episode. It was very, very hard to do. The episode on the Battle of Adrianople was very, very hard to do. And the Plague episode, <laughs> that was very hard to do. There were not enough American tribes, Native American tribes, for me to for me to be able to catch up on all of it, for me to be able to just do it off the top of my head. So thank you, and I'll see you later this week, actually. Bye.